and welcome to the Seattle Central College Podcast. My name is Ruth, and today we have a very special treat for you, uh, a special guest from the Seattle Central College community, uh, Professor Huma, uh, is your last name? Mohibula. Mohibula. Yes. Professor uh, Huma Mohibula is here to speak with us for a little bit about some of her uh, exciting research that she's doing um, in the field of, is it sociology or Anthropology. Psycho- anthropology. Yes, and I teach anthropology here at Central. Absolutely. And so uh, uh, we uh, inc- we uh, encourage you to check out uh, her work, which we'll share on our website. But for now, we ha- are so delighted to have her in our studio. So thank, thank you. you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I got it right. It's not uh, sociology. It's anthropology. Yes, anthropology. So you teach anthropology at Seattle Central? I do, and I uh, teach a couple different courses mm. when they run. Okay. Um, so in the fall, I'm going to be teaching contemporary issues, uh, and we're going to be focusing on post-9-11 culture in the United Whoa. States. So anybody who's interested yeah. in how uh, the ongoing legacies of 9-11 affect our everyday lives, for sure, um, for sure, for interested sure. in yeah, topics yeah. of war and terror or whatever. You know? I mean, important stuff. I mean, just... You know, uh, can't think of anything that's, you know, more in the news. Yes, headlines. exactly. It's very relevant, for very sure, timely. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and so and so, have you ever taught this class before or is this a new? Um, I have not taught it under this title. I have taught uh, 9-11 culture under like American culture. Uh, I'll have a section on 9-11 culture, but nothing solely devoted to 9-11 wow, culture. Wow, very before. cool. So, so I'm very like excited. Like a seminar almost. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. So, I'm so very excited. So students should totally check this out. Um, and you, it seems, you know, I've read a just a, a fraction, a, sure. a sand grain of your work. Sure. Um, but it seems like you, you're very kind of connected or in touch with um, the perspective of a, of a modern Muslim and, and the perceptions yes. and the issues. And so... Yes. So uh, I'm actually completing my doctorate. I'm near to completion. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and uh, my whole study mm-hmm. is on post-9-11 American Muslims and oh. post-9-11 um, uh, just experiences, not Muslim and non-Muslim. Um, our concepts of citizenship, belonging in the United States, those kinds of things. Um, so, you know, I've, I teach about it. I read about it. It's, you live, it's, I live you and breathe, breathe it, yeah. basically. It's, yes. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, kudos and congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm being close to um, And so... Uh, you know, someone off the street doesn't really understand, you know, they know about Muslims from the news or, mm-hmm. from, or from whatever, but maybe they don't live in their community. Right. What, um, what is your perception of Muslims in America and all the stuff you're studying? Well, uh, I think the first thing to realize, and it's been said by people who do study Muslims, huh. it's a pretty uh, commonly huh. said thing, is that Muslims are not a monolith. Right. So it's not just uh, they're not just one kind of people. Very There's important. a vast Very. diversity, uh, different. They come from different nation states. They come they speak different languages. They have various uh, religious yes, beliefs. Yes, yes, yes. They look different. They dress differently from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different mm-hmm. political opinions. Um they position themselves very differently from one another, both religiously and politically. So it's just a huge diversity. It's, it's a, just hu- a huge diversity. It's a huge, <laughs> and, and, and not only is it, is it you know, um, indicative of the, of the plethora and diver- of, you know, the beauty of, of, of diversity, but I, don't, I personally don't see that being reflected on screen or in media, that's sure. this diversity of thought or sure. tradition or even within, you know, and so um, what would you, what, what's, where's a great place to start? I mean, obviously your class. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can, you can start with my class. Um, there are a couple of yeah. uh, popular uh, websites where you can go. Huffington Post, I think, has a whole oh, section on, on uh, you know, uh, American Muslim life. There are some mm-hmm. uh, really notable mm-hmm. American Muslim figures on there. For example, Imam Khalid Latif, who is a New York City 
um, and he's a regular contributor there. And I feel like Huffington Very Post cool. um, and yeah. similar websites are really user friendly, and they're um, there's something that uh, we can all kind of understand. It's not like dense theoretical political it's, science it's, stuff. It's uh, digested and presented. Yes, in it's a accessible. Way. It's, it's accessible. It's accessible to everybody. So you it. can definitely look on popular websites. You can uh, look in your local college. It doesn't have to be Seattle Central only. Uh, I know the uh, UW has courses yeah, on yeah, Islam yeah, in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really encourage people to, you know, even if you're not college age, even if you're not thinking about being in college, take a class. It's it's great. It's fun. You'll be invigorated. And Absolutely. it'll be relevant. Absolutely. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, for that's uh absolutely um uh such a great um uh reverence right for 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 this but um also your yeah, you don't want to start off, you know, um, Huffington Post is a great place to start. Right. For sure, versus right. like some... But you've also been doing a lot of research, right? In the I field have. Of and so uh, as an anthropologist, my research is ethnographic. And it means that yeah. I have to actually spend time with people, interview people, spend extended periods of time. Yeah, like I yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did my field work in New York City, which, uh, of course, as we all know, where 9-11 happened. So they're very... Uh, particular legacies of 9-11 there that are affecting Muslim life, like NYPD surveillance in Muslim restaurants and mosques, etc. So what I do is I go and I hang out. I hang out with the people who are affected and I speak to them. I speak to them about their views, their life, their experiences. And so before you go to Huffington Post, before you take a class, if you've got your peers around you, they're wearing hijab. If you can clearly see, uh, you know, peers around you who are obviously Muslim, strike up a conversation, ask, ask people. You will never get an education better than simply talking to various people yourself. Who will um, yeah. Nothing, no Huffington Post article can sum it up for you, right? For sure, so. for sure, for <laughs> sure. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, uh, maybe an ease or a shortcut of reading about it or like removing sure, myself from it sure. and then actually engaging in right. it and being present with someone right. who, who might, who's, who's, who, who knows? Who's, maybe they're right. not different after, right. after all, but I don't know right. until I... But and I think Seattle Central is a perfect place for that. Absolutely. I see that we yeah. have a really yeah. large Muslim community, um, but the Muslims that I can see because of the way mm, that mm, they dress mm, mm, or the way that they you know outwardly present mm, themselves mm. are just probably a fraction of the Muslim students or the Muslim faculty that are actually present. That's a great point. Who we don't for even sure. notice as Muslim yes, because they are not marked outwardly. Um, so it's about striking up conversations with a diversity of different people around you and seeing what they have to say, what they have to think. What are their life stories? What informs who they are and how yeah. they see their religion, how they see the world, how they see the United States? So. For sure, for sure. Do you, do you find that you have a lot of Muslim students in your classes? or You know, I actually... I mean, I don't ask. I think that it would oh, be—it wouldn't be ethical for a professor. I feel to say, "Hey, are you Muslim? Great, are you not great, Muslim? great, because great. You never Lovely. know how <laughs> yeah, that might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who did you vote for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. What is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but as for uh, yeah. people who would be obviously Muslim through hijab or some other outward sign, no, I actually haven't. So, really? Oh. Um, so I'm I'm hoping maybe the 9/11 class attracts uh, some more Muslims because it really it really affects Muslims uh, very directly. We have you know, we have issues of Islamophobia right now. Um, Unfortunately, um, you know, we had a student who died last year. He fell off the sixth floor, Hamza Warsame. 
Um, and there were a lot of concerns that he might have been yeah, killed because of Islamophobia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the end, yeah. I believe the police ruled that uh, it was an accident. Mm. But nevertheless, the mm. fact that mm. there were mm. these concerns mm. Mm. shows how much it's on everybody's mind. So, yeah. so I, I do hope that people um, engage, whether it's in a classroom or just with their peers, just for to sure. learn more. For sure, for sure. I mean, as you, as you already stated, you know, it's so relevant and timely, right. um, this issue, for sure. And... and um, you know, getting those voices in the classroom, for sure, yes. for sure, for sure. Um, oh, no, it's so fascinating. I, um, is there, I, it may, maybe if you want to talk about your own, you talk about sure. Islamophobia, if you want to talk about your own, but maybe through your research or as a professional, mm-hmm. what have you, how, um, it's, you know, it's one thing if you experience prejudice as a, as a person. Sure. It's another if you understand it as, um, as a social phenomenon. Yes. So how does that for you play out? For, you? Uh, for me personally or, or like or the people re- I work yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. the yeah. Muslims that I have worked with overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly um, state that mm. they feel that they have this mm. responsibility to represent an entire group. Right. So Dude. if oh, I if there is there is a if there is a Muslim oh. woman who wears a hijab, she's constantly this doesn't go for everybody, but my participants who I've spoken to have reported, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. I'll talk about one woman. She got on the train, she wears a hijab, and this is in New York City, she got on the subway and she saw how people looked at her and she felt self-conscious of everything about herself, the way she would sit, the way she might interact oh. with other people on the subway because she felt mm. that if anybody perceived her behavior as rude, then that would become representative to them of all Muslims. So she had this huge burden on herself to constantly represent an entire community that she doesn't even know, right? Like Which she doesn't also, know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because there's sure. a huge diversity of people who she actually might not even owe anything to. She doesn't know most other Muslims, and yet she uh, has this great pressure Feels to, just to by represent. By being, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so what? So, and so that's 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 uh, that's really a, a really common and mm, big effect mm, of Islamophobia mm, is feeling that mm. oh, I'm a I'm a token i'm a symbol of this entire group and Mm. now i have all this pressure to perform i need to act american whatever that means right like we don't even really understand what that might mean it might mean different things to different people for sure for sure um or you know just anything how i might speak to somebody don't be rude if i'm angry in traffic i better not swear if i have a hijab on my head otherwise they'll think muslims are angry people (laughs) for sure for sure and i'm hearing and and not that it's necessarily unique to any particular. I mean, what we're talking about, though, is um, you know that feeling like you have to uh, portray a positive image. Yes, it's not a negative thing necessarily. Not necessarily. But but it's it's like incrementally adding to this weight, this burden you mentioned right. of right. all these forces um, adding up and over. Sure. And everyone's human at the end of the day. Right. If we if you if you feel like you can't express humanity. Right. Because, you know, that's, right. that's a double, yeah. Hard, right. So sure. basically you also, the bottom line is yeah. you feel that you cannot get away with what other people might be able to get away with. Just yeah, basic human things like being angry in traffic, like have, looking tired on well, the subway. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody might interpret your facial expression as fishy or right. that's an angry Muslim or sitting over there on the train. Or children in your lane or whatever. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm whatever no it may be. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, the, you know... Um, what what advice right. would you give to the young Muslim, or even that, but the young Muslim who's coming to terms with their identity, yes. and they want to explore more, and they want to respect that heritage, their, sure. their past, but also their, you know, how what's a... 
Yeah. But that they're, you mean like yeah. they're, uh, they're also Americans and they... They want, yeah. Like, sure. They, so how do you, you know, what's a positive step forward of, of working through that pressure? Well, I feel like, um, well, the first thing I would say, for example, to my students, suppose yeah. I had a student who came huh. up to me and said, professor, give me some advice. What's a, what, how should I navigate being American and being Muslim? You know, I would say, yeah. guess what? Although you feel this pressure to choose one or the other, or you have all these outside perceptions saying that you are either Muslim or you're American, guess what? You already have an unproblematic integration of being both. You are completely integrated. I love how you say that. It's an unproblematic yeah, integration. Yeah, yeah. There's no choosing. There's no choosing. Fabulous. You, you, it's a give and take, right? And that's what identities are. We're not just one thing. Our identities are multifaceted. I'm uh, a South Asian. I'm a woman, I'm a Muslim, uh, I'm a professor, uh, I'm a citizen of the United States, I'm many things, and depending on the circumstance, um, one or the other of those facets yeah. may prevail. So if I am discussing feminism, I'm a woman first, right? Uh, and if I am affected by Islamophobia, I, my, my sense of being Muslim is salient at that time. Love it. So. Um, I would say you don't have to choose. You're not choosing. Guess what? You're living as you are a multifaceted being, and you've unproblematically already integrated many parts of yourself, not just Muslim and American. Ah. So, um, so keep that in mind and I just be it. really aware of that. Be really aware of it. Um, oftentimes we forget because there's all this pressure of being one or the other. Like if you're honoring your tradition too much, it may seem like mm. you're dishonoring being American a little bit. Or, or yeah, trying to please um, too many, like too many. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're, uh, if you're not wearing a hijab or mm. you're dressing, um, you know, the way most people might in the United States, your community might say, oh, you're lax, you're lax, uh, you're lax Muslim, or you're not proud of your community. Well, you've already, you're, you're many things, you're many things. I love that. It's, not, no, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a give and take. It's For just sure. a give and take. For sure, it's not, um, yeah, we contain multitudes. So I would just say, don't pay too much heed to those who will try to measure each part of you. You're already integrated. That's you've integrated all these That's parts That's fabulous advice. That's all I can say. I mean, sure, how yeah. can one measure how Muslim one is? How can one put a measuring stick to how American one is? You can't, right? So I love it. No, for, for sure. So be you. Do you. Yay! No, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It, and I, you know, um, reading just some of your work, like the differences between, you know, um, the hijab versus, uh, is it a burqa? Yep. Versus, um, sure. uh, and so just like there's, there's, new, there's differences in nuance, and there's more too. Right. But um, in terms of, you know, it's not, you know, we're so... I, we. Uh, speaking for myself, I right. want certainty, right? And I want to be able to trust people or rely right. on things, right? And so I take shortcuts or pre or uh, stereotypes, right? And it's like, well, let's right. examine that, maybe. You know, we're, we're all guilty of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, yeah, figuring out um, as a, a transgender woman, right. I can uh, identify with a lot of um, of some of the discrimination, sure. But uh, it's different when it's well. There's not like a religious component to mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. gender, sure. But um, when you're being, I can I can imagine if you're being criticized or ostracized mm -hmm. because of something so spiritual and like mm -hmm. important to you, mm -hmm. it's it's like almost like a con like a confusing condemnation, right? Like what's going on? Like it's you know, it's a painful experience. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very painful and it's alienating, it, right? 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, I can imagine from my own experiences. But right, um, and we do have overlapping experiences, minority groups, whether it's LGBT yeah, uh, groups yeah. or minority faith groups or racial minorities mm. or women as uh, underrepresented minorities. Um, you know, mm. we do have a lot of overlapping experiences of being marginalized in society, and uh, so I, I also encourage a lot of solidarity work between groups, uh, whether it's you know, sexual minorities or um, or any sort minor, of any yeah, minorities. Yeah, yeah. We have overlapping experiences of being marginalized and being alienated, sure, and sure, uh, we can sure. learn a lot from each other's experiences, and we can uh, do a lot of really great solidarity work. So I'm a huge advocate of big, that as big well. Time. And it's great to hear. And also, this, I mean, in your classes, having multiple viewpoints mm-hmm. represented is a right. great way to foster those dialogues. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. one of the beautiful things about this particular campus. Oh, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. so many different kinds of people with I so know, many different it. kinds <laughs> of viewpoints. You know, I have yeah. I have uh, really conservative students, really progressive, really, um, you know, uh, people who are positioned way far off to the left. And oh. we all have respectful discussions from which we learn from each other. Uh, and the beautiful thing about the school is that uh, we have to sit in a classroom together and listen to each other and hear each other out. Whereas in the rest of life, people usually are in their own echo chambers avoiding s- each other, seclu- right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just surrounding ourselves with people <laughs> like us and preaching to the choir. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, being being open and being op- and yes. willing to, to kind of go there is, uh, is really important. Um, so... So, you know, I heard you give great advice to those young Muslims or people kind of, you know, at that time, you know, um, you're not all one thing, right? Right. Embrace right. different aspects of yourself. Right. Um, and I heard you just say, you know, for the other people who maybe are, you know, aren't as familiar with, with uh, differences mm-hmm. to to listen. I heard you. Right. Just, and so what, so, you know, we have what, and, and this is not, I'm not trying to put this on you because okay. not <laughs> one person can solve this. Right. But. If you think about what ails the world or what ails this country uh, of, of the of the of the fear of the other, yeah, the basic primal fear of you're not in my cave, you're not right. in my tribe, right? right? And just seeing how that's kind of what grows out of that. So, what I see your work as extremely, extremely important Thank in that you. regard, for sure, for sure. And, you know, haven't taken your classes, really. <laughs> but yeah, but. Um, what what advice would you you know if you had that TED talk and right. you have your and you have that that platform right? So what would I uh, what advice would I give to overcome that? To yeah you know to you know well uh, othering yeah. is about inclusion and exclusion. So my whole talk would be about yeah. creating a more inclusive society. Oh. Uh, and again, I would advocate what I did in the beginning of this podcast. You need to speak to people. You cannot, you cannot learn from behind a screen or a textbook yeah, or even yeah. looking up at a professor the way you can if you just turn to the person sitting next to you and have a conversation. You know, whether it's on the train, yeah. a bus, your classroom, the cafeteria, have a conversation. That's the only way. I mean, yeah. the reason we've made yeah. progress in our American society is because people... Uh, now cross each other's paths in ways that they didn't before. For sure. For that sure. has fostered a lot of tolerance. That has fostered a lot of inclusion. And that's the same road that keeps to, that needs to, you know. Oh, I, lo- so. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for saying you're that. Welcome. Because uh, that, what you're saying is not easy. Right. But it, but it is the way. It's uncomfortable to listen to people who have uh, opinions that are extremely different from you. Um, in my field work, my PhD field work, I, yeah. I study 9-11. So... Every September 11th, I go down to Ground Zero and I oh observe my. what's happening. Oh. 
And over the past five years, the past five September 11th, I have had to speak to people who hate me. They hate how I look. They hate what I do. They hate my name. They hate everything about me. They think I should not set foot in New York City. And I have to hear them out. Um, And I don't, when they feel that way, and they're speaking to me, it does not make me shut down. I just feel like... I feel like everybody who has something to say to a reasonable degree (laughs) should be heard out. Obviously not somebody who's just an absolute bigot who's reducing you. You should never stand for somebody disrespecting you. But you can tell when somebody's just coming from a place of like, they really, really don't like you and they don't want you to be in front of them. They don't want you to be in their city. Being yeah. able to stand there and hear them out is difficult, but sometimes that is, I have made progress. I've made, Kudos I have made friends. I have made oh, friends out of these conversations and yeah, that's no yeah. exaggeration. Oh, um, so it's uncomfortable, but hear people out, talk to them, I, you know, I, talk to them respectfully, listen to their pain, listen to their hurt and where they're coming from. For sure. For sure. Even if for on sure. the outside, they appear to be just like flaming bigots <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Everybody has a story. Most people are where they are because of something. And you can you can talk through those things for it. the most part. For the, I love but it, again, for sure. do not stand for disrespect. Know your boundaries. So. That's so super important. <laughs> I mean, I love hearing everything you just said for <laughs> sure. But in terms of, yeah, like, you know, respect yourself and, and don't put yourself in dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. But um, to I can think of in this country like no more fearful place for Muslim than that site. Right. And so that to go there year after year. Right. For yourself uh, speaks volumes about that. Right. Um, Again, my participants, I have not met a single participant in my research, Mm. uh, Muslim participant who wants to visit the 9-11 memorial or Ground Zero. Um, They feel that it is not only a place where people might look at them funny Mm -hmm. or what have you, but it's a place that um, that has been now like fashioned Mm. to keep reminding people um, keep reminding the general population about like this war between ourselves and the other. And guess what? They're positioned as the other in, in this in this big 9-11 story. Yeah. So they feel yeah. that they can't go down to, now, to ground zero. So yeah, it's experienced yeah. as an unsafe, kind of like emotionally unsafe place by many Muslims. But I've also seen many like Muslims, I'm guessing tourists who do go there. So. Which is awesome. Awesome, awesome, for sure. And, and it takes just tremendous courage you know, whether you're at the side of Ground Zero or at a cafeteria right. or just to, to reach over. But I love what you're he- how you put that in the words of the, the site, not intentionally or whatever, but right. it seems to be more of a... Um, it's um, reproducing the same narrative of us and them. Us and them. Um, and if you go into the museum, it really does that very overtly. And um, oh, no. and word has mm-hmm. word has gone out now, so uh, New York Muslims kind of know that that's what they might expect in the museum, and so they try uh, to avoid it yeah. because for them it's an emotionally unsafe place. It's a place in which, you know, uh, tourists who come to New York City might view them as like, what are you doing here? Why should you be here in which this is, sacred ground? You don't belong here. I mean, and to hear that like in New York City, right, is like like Muslim anathema. New Yorkers it's, feel emotionally or um, wow. oh, physically unsafe yeah. going to certain places. I, yeah. but, for sure, for sure. I mean, and and so while the institution is kind of reinforcing that narrative of the other, yeah. I love hearing what you said and you reiterated right. of you get out there and yeah. you and you get out there and make those and put yourself out there. Yes, and, and you have to make yourself vulnerable. I'm not gonna lie; it's yeah, a position yeah, of vulnerability yeah, yeah, yeah. to be hated and to listen to people who hate you. But for um, sure. but um, I don't know. It's uh, I have found 
through my research and through being at Ground Zero during these volatile times, September yeah. 11th is almost like a, it's a, Ground Zero is considered a sacred space and September 11th is considered a sacred day as a result. So to be out there at this volatile time uh, in this place that generates a lot of conflict mm -hmm. requires a lot of vulnerability. But um, I've personally had many beautiful moments come out of it. So Which is, yeah. So uh, if you're willing to, you know, risk your risk opening up your heart and your mind a little bit, I encourage it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, we can respect we can open up our hearts and minds while still respecting and acknowledging our loved ones. Right. And the thing about people who you perceive as different from you and who perceive you as huh. different is that we're actually not. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, people at Ground Zero, they're working class people like my family. We have uh, way more in common than we don't. I love that. I, mean, I love it. And that's and you can really make connections with people no matter what they're, you know, they might be a Donald Trump supporter and you might be a <laughs> Bernie Sanders supporter and you may still overwhelmingly have the same uh, things that connect you, the same kinds it. of concerns. I love it, for sure, so for sure, for sure. You have to humanize each other. For sure. I, and, I mean, some of your research kind of goes into that, where it's like, if, if you say, well, we're the same. No, no, no we're not. Uh, right. They wear a, 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 a burger. They, they wear something on their head, and I don't. Right. So, like, well, yeah, but, you know, did you consider the weather today? Right. Or did you consider, like, like you're both wearing linens right. that, that breathe easy. Right. And, like, oh, yeah, and we, do, we have to pick up our kids at school right. today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, difference is important yeah. to acknowledge because we're different, right? You're different. You have a different experience, and I need to respect that. Yeah. And I have a different yeah. journey. I, I may have different color skin than somebody. I have a different body than somebody's, and, and there are values that people ascribe yeah, to these differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those values yeah. translate into the experiences we have in life. So sure, if I sure. look this way, uh, a yeah. negative value may be ascribed to it, and then I may have a worse time getting a job. I may mm. Uh, mm. be attacked on a train, et cetera, sure, et cetera. Sure, so sure. differences translate into really important life experiences that we have to be cognizant of. But at the same time, when it comes to dialogue, you have to remember the person sitting yeah. in front of you has much more in common with you than than not. I love it. For so. sure. For sure. For sure. Um, well, thank you so much for You're saying welcome. all of that and everything, because that's what we need to hear. And we need to have more of, for sure. Good. So absolutely. Uh, what a treat to have... Uh, Professor Mohibullah. Mohibullah. Yes. What a treat to have Professor <laughs> Mohibullah on our podcast today. We're so excited and we're really uh, happy that you're part of the Seattle Central community. Uh, and you. we look forward to uh, hearing about your future work and we wish you well with the rest of your work. Uh, Thank you. Your Thank PhD you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Absolutely. For everyone out there, good luck with the rest of your studies. Uh, uh, good luck uh, with the end of spring term. And we'll look forward to catching you next week here on the Seattle Central College Podcast. Take care. <laughs>